What's up, everybody? Welcome to It's In Season, the anime podcast that is following along with you right this very second during the summer 2016 anime season. We're watching Japanese cartoons. We picked out two from the currently airing season. We're going to watch them and we're going to talk about them and we hope you talk about them with us. I'm David Majors. Some of you might know me as DJM. I'm joined, as always, on It's In Season by my original brother from another mother, my original tag team partner in podcasting, one Ness, a.k.a. Richard Waters. Brother Ness Rowe, I knew you'd come. Yes, my name is Richard Waters, and I'm here. I'm almost always here, but I won't be here for a few weeks after today, but enjoy me while you can, for It's In Season is still in season. Now, just rest assured, everybody, Ness is not being deleted. He's not. He's just taking a bit of a break to, to handle some things of his own. But as always, coming to us from an undisclosed location in the general vicinity of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and occasionally Kent State University, young Cody Anderson. What's up, Cody? Not much. I'm just ready to talk about anime after having a bad day. When I was outside today, a bee stung me on my toe, and that was just awful. I've had to live with it ever since. Well, I, I apologize, but um, d- did you at least catch it? Did, did you get it in the Pokeball? Damn it. <laughs> that was, was the first Pokego. I was hoping to make the Beedrill reference, but eh, you are you are the, the master of this little, little universe we're building. I did not, but I saw a wonderful Butterfree. Ooh, nice. Did you catch it? No, I, I was going to be like Ash. I'd feel too bad. I just let it go. You're good guy, Cody. Good guy, Codiferous. And uh, I-, I think, Cody, you have shown how much of a good guy you are by allowing one of these anime that I really, really enjoyed to be the sh- one of the shows that we talk about this season. And that is 91 Days. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm really, really, really enjoying this show. Uh, I, I'm loving every second of it. Uh, seven years ago, Angelo witnessed his parents being murdered by the Venetti Mafia family, his parents and his brother. Now, he did not become Batman because uh, this was before Batman was a thing. It was during the Prohibition era. But he is out for retribution against the Venetti Mafia family. Uh, Richard, uh, yes. 91 days. Uh, we are in episode one, and I gotta say, I am of the belief that this is how you should start your anime. This was an awesome episode one for me. Uh, what did you feel like? You know, I felt it was a pretty good show, which is why it was one of my one of my picks. I think you were the only one who didn't didn't have it outright. Me and Cody definitely agreed on 91 days. And I, I had really, 91 days in my list, like at my number four, but I figured that it was too much of a DJM show and it wouldn't win. Yes, it definitely does have that DC grim dark. It's very gray, moody type of thing, but it, it not to say that that isn't always enjoyable. And episode one definitely was enjoyable. We saw at the beginning, we saw two brothers and a friend just having fun, and then it turned turn for the worst because the brothers well their their parents died and had they not decided to come out of the closet literally because they were hiding out in the closet they probably would have either grown up as orphans or uh, been mowed down 
that's what happened to one of the brothers. So uh, that's what this episode and this show basically seems to be about. The aftermath of having a tragedy befall your family and what do you do about it? And it seems what they're doing about it is it's prohibition. So they're making bathtub booze and seeing where they go from here. Obviously, they want – or at least the brother probably wants some sort of retribution. But yeah, he isn't Batman. But I do have one question, and just because obviously I didn't pay attention to history. Do either of you know what time frame the Prohibition was? Like what, the years? Uh, the era of Prohibition was generally during the 1920s and the 1930s. I believe it would have been the Calvin Coolidge administration or possibly the Herbert, Herbert Hoover administration. I was thinking 20s. Because you mentioned uh, the uh, main character didn't become Batman, but it's pretty close because I think Batman came in the 40s, perhaps. Uh, yeah, Prohibition was 1920 to 1933. Yeah. And we have our young protagonist coming back to his hometown, now going under the name Avilio Bruno. And the young prince of the Venetti Mafia family has taken him under his wing because of his bathtub booze. And they see that as a way to, you know, hold things down for the Vanetti family. Uh, I'm loving this. I'm loving this so much. This feels like it could be a HBO series. Uh, Cody, uh, how are you feeling about 91 Days just starting off? Oh, I love it. Like last time when I was staying my case, along with Richard said, I tried my best putting over 91 Days. And I think if you watch the first two episodes, I think the show speaks for itself. Like a combination of Kishimoto from Erased and TK from Ling Tosite Segur for the OP is bound to be something worth watching. But the first episode is mostly exposition with introducing the main character and potentially the supporting cast. What I mean by potentially is in a show like this, featuring a mob, you don't know how long the character is going to be around. The story is set up very thorough, and I think we can expect an excellent revenge plot as the story moves on. Avilo seems to have a plan that neither the audience nor Corteo are fully aware of yet, and the first half of the episode was full of suspense and had a chilling moment, which is the reason the show exists. But the character designs are interesting enough, and the prohibition time that the show is trying to, to depict. One character I love the design, design of, and even the personality, was Fongo, for example, it just seems like he's going to play a role in the future of the series on the Orca's side. It's a he He's a funny yet insane character that has brilliantly added a little bit of humor into a serious atmosphere without spoiling the tension. But for me, 91 Days reminds me of Bacano due to it being an anime about a mob, but the difference being that 91 Days looked to be on the darker side, while the former is very lighthearted. Uh, Richard, I just want to throw this one at you and Cody. Feel free to interject. Uh, the three of us here are, are wrestling fans to, to a certain degree. And, uh, we're all aware of world wrestling entertainment. Uh, when I saw Fongo on this show, 91 days, I immediately thought of one guy. I am of the opinion that Fongo is a certified G. And a bona fide stud. And you can't teach that. Richard, before we jump into episode two, and even given some stuff in episode two, 
doesn't Fongo remind you a little bit of Enzo Amore? You know, there's something about this show and even the next one that there's – I almost feel like – I mean Japan loves the wrestling. They even love the WWE judging by their sold-out crowds whenever they visit. And I almost feel like whoever's behind this, they have to have some sort of influence. But yeah, there's that. And in episode two, we're introduced to someone who we all thought was actually deleted, but maybe he just went from 3D to 2D. So yeah, there's definitely some wrestling influences in this. So we're still tying back to those Superdome vacancy days. That's right. Uh, and that just brings us into episode two, where we get a good look at the man that will appear to be the antagonist of 91 Days, the prince of the Venetti Mafia family, Nero Venetti. Brother Nero is the bad guy of this show. And episode two, uh, put us in a most appropriate mafia setting in that we were at the day of the daughter's wedding of Don Vanetti. He is the host. It is this, the day of my daughter's wedding. An arrival family, the Orco family, is looking to strike. And Avilio and Brother Nero have to make sure that things go well uh, during this wedding. Uh, this w- had plenty of good action. You know, they were using knives, which was awesome, instead of just guns. You know, sometimes you gotta cut some fools, which is okay with me. And I really loved that the action in this episode mattered. Characters that you had already been introduced to and given a little bit of development and a little bit of character arc were actually in the thick of things. And because it was so early in, you didn't know who was in trouble, and I thought that was really exciting. Uh, Cody, how are you feeling about episode two? I agree with you on that. Like, the, for the character that actually died at the end, I wasn't actually expecting that. But like I said earlier, you don't know who's going to last long in a mob setting like this. But this series is—I I love the art for it. It's very mutant in terms of its use of color. It's like a reflection of the time period it's modeled on, like browns, washed out whites, and grays that make up the backgrounds, while the characters find themselves in very drab colors faintly standing out from the world behind them. It's still quite expressive in its own right, though. And it only adds to the tone that the team's working towards. The style is actually, I hate mentioning Erased yet again, but the style is kind of similar to that. We don't see much color until the violence erupts. For example, the bar scene in the previous episode and the final moments of episode two. Unlike the color, the characters, particularly Avela, are backed by powerful performances and fully detailed emotionally. But with another episode down, 91 Days has been pretty impressive anime two episodes in. Historical fiction is one of my favorite genres if done correctly. And while the Prohibition era United States isn't my favorite setting... The series has definitely drawn me in. Uh, episode 2 focuses more on drawing out the characters of the Venetti family. What is really notable is that our main character's expression as he moves through the plot is often seems fairly unhinged. If I, if I weren't for his seeming deliberate attempt not to kill Fongo's mistress during the gunfight, I might be inclined to question who the true villain of the story is. 
or maybe in this story, there are real new, there are no real villains, just a regrettable cycle of death. So what the mob life is all about. But also, just like ReZero, don't forget to watch the entire credits. Indeed. Um, Richard and Cody, you can jump in on this one too. Uh, in episode two, uh, I feel like there was an incredibly wild and intense scene, the likes of which that you do not see in anime anymore in episode two. Uh, Richard, do you have an idea of the scene that I'm talking about? Um, are you talking about Fandango and his extracurricular activities? Yes, I am. He was just on the kinky side. This was great. I really feel that everything about this show is so intense. And it's not intense in a comedic way. Uh, to a degree, it's just intense. You're sucked in, and we're already at episode two. Usually with most anime, that's not very much time to get invested in characters or stories or anything like that. But for me, this show is pulling it off. And like I said at the beginning, Fango is a character that I'm already loving because he's so nuts. And I love that. And everything about this whole thing was just awesome. Uh Richard, uh episode two, how are you feeling? Well, I got to make a bit of a confession, which when I do, it's actually going to tie into both shows because it kind of explains how I'm feeling this season. Even though I picked 91 days, it was my number one pick and I was voting for it outright. The first half of episode two, maybe it was just introducing us to characters that weren't the main one. and, And it had been a week since I saw episode one, but I wasn't really feeling it until the halfway point. Where basically uh, our, our brother and his and his boy, they want in on the family, and but the booze just ain't enough, I guess. So they put out a hit on Fango. They failed to kill him, but that's because he's a twist. G. Yes, and you can't teach that. It it may be lucky that he's not over six feet tall, because it's it's pretty hard to miss when they're that high. But he didn't kill him. But what happened was uh, the second in command, the guy under. Brother Nero is actually one of the guys who started this whole thing and helped kill the father. So they uh, they they do take him out and they try to play it off as a because they're trying to join the the family to get revenge for their murder of their family of their family itself. So they try to pass it off. Except when they go to reveal everything at the end, the family. Well, let's just say they ain't buying it. And that's when the episode ended, and that's where there's like an alien UFO flying above my house. They put that tractor beam down, and like you guys said, it sucked me right in. Episode one, I was I was pretty intrigued. Episode two, I was almost ready to write it off until the second half, and yeah, I'm definitely down for 91 days. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, I, I want to talk about the last couple of minutes of episode two uh only because and apparently somebody's dog does as well we've, we've got a little yippy dog that really must likes be, 91 days too must be the someone from the oracles family i think because they're not getting uh, enough uh screen time uh, clearly clearly 
Um, one other thing at the end of this episode that I really appreciated as someone who is not huge into mafia movies, but how true they're staying to the whole mafia ethos of family and violence and Italy and most of all, the Catholic Church. When characters were shot and killed, they said a prayer for them. Because, like Cody said, this is an endless cycle of death, but at the same time, they're all very fearful of God. Uh, I don't know, Cody, if you caught on to that, but this is something that's very true to mob flicks, and I really, really appreciate just how dedicated this series is so far. Yeah, I noticed that as well. An- another uh, instance of that would be uh, with when they were with the Dawn, I guess. That they were praying before they were eating. That was another example of that. Kind of like for, for any other anime, it would probably be like the samurai or something, or, or praying to the Buddha before they go. But yeah, I love how true to the mob this really is. And uh, I'm really glad that you guys agreed uh, on 91 Days, and I'm, I'm really glad that a show that I knew I'd really like is is going so well. But uh, I, I want to talk about a show that I did not expect to like as much as I did. Even though it was a pick of mine, I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I am. And that's Taboo Tattoo. And we missed Tuesday, but we're still doing this. Uh, we are introduced to Segi. Uh, young man in school, of course, because it's an anime. Uh, I-, I found this to be a-, a pretty good episode one all around, and I thought episode two was outstanding. But episode one, uh, it looks as though Segi is a much better anime main protagonist than we normally see in shows like this, where it's just a dude in school. He actually catches on to the idea of saying, whoa, these tattoos are pretty crazy, and I want answers before things go crazy. Uh, Richard, Taboo Tattoo, episode one. How are you feeling so far? You know, like I said in episode two for 91 Days, I wasn't really feeling it. and I was kind of dragging my feet to get started on this Taboo Tattoo because I really only picked it. Because I felt bad. I wanted David to at least get one of his picks in there. And from the way he, de- from the way he described it, it sounded like, a, you know, sort of a generic little shonen show, which kind of surprised me because he he's never really come off as the type of guy who loves that type of stuff. So I wasn't really too enthusiastic about it. It's like, eh, going through the motions. But then when I actually sat down to watch it, it... It didn't take two episodes to get me in. It, it got me in right away. And that was because uh, I, I'm really enjoying the characters. First of all, our main guy, Justice, of course, he saves some, some dude from getting mugged by a bunch of street toughs. And he's gifted with a tattoo, which shows like this. They have to find a way to give them like superpowers and stuff. And later on, which this part kind of annoyed me, we see one of those anime things. He's late for class. So what happens when someone is late for class? They're running. They're running to school, and of course, they have toast in their mouth because 
it's anime. Because anime. Not? And we're also introduced to another anime thing that I'm not too big of a fan of, where he has a neighbor. It's the girl next door, who we will refer to for the rest of It's in Season, of the summer season, as Big Boobs McGee. And she's the type of person who kind of takes care of him, is a mother figure, wakes him up, gets him ready. And, you know, she's always been there. She doesn't admit to liking him, but she obviously does. And she will point it out whenever one of them pesky females start showing up and actually giving our boy Justice attention because until that happens, it's just the girl next door. And that's where things actually get interesting because we see a a girl. She reminds me a lot of – one of the one of the girls from an anime a few seasons ago called Dashikashi about you know a candy store because they look almost identical, short silver hair and they have an old style fashion sense. But basically, the tattoo is not unique to to our boy. In America, they have they have this organization, the U.S. Army. You may have heard of it, and they're going to round up all the tattoo people. Because, uh, yeah, they got to get him under one umbrella. So during this, Justice finally uh, unlocks his true potential as he's being attacked. And we find out that, of course, he is special because he is triggerless. The girl in question that was trying to recruit him showed him how to how she unlocks hers. But he unlocked his without a special feature. So, of course, main character is a prodigy. We almost never see that in these type of shows, so it's definitely a unique twist. But Taboo Tattoo, I'm digging it so far. Richard, I don't know if it's just me, but everything you described, I pretty much agree with. On paper, you would think Taboo Tattoo would not work. But is it just me, or is it surprisingly really, really entertaining? What do you say, Richard? And, you know, I made a tweet about this, which you could have seen if you're following me at Real Radish Man, where I commented that this show caught me by surprise. Now, maybe I'm typecasting you, Mr. Majors, as the sort of in a way that a lot of people typecast the, for- the former wrestler, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, as just a anonymous robot who is devoid of all emotion, no personality. So when you recommended it, I didn't expect to have some humor in it. I thought it was just going to be grim, dark, and super serious. Apologies for, even after all these years, still doing that to you. But there's humor involved, so it's it's not like uh, what's one that we did recently that was devoid of all humor. Um, God, you first. Yeah. So there's definitely some humor there. So it's not just a bunch of grim dark. It's still a little dark, not as dark as 91 Days, but there's a chuckle every once in a while. It's not – how should I put this? It's not a quip fest like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's kind of like the Justice League trailer. There's there's a couple gags in there, so something for everyone. Codiferous, tell me, how are you feeling about Taboo Tattoo jumping in? Going into Taboo Tattoo, I really wasn't sure what to expect, to be honest. The audience on Annie Twitter seems to really be mixed on this show, but I liked what you had to say about it. And like Richard, I had to throw you a bone and pick a show that you wanted to be picked. But all I know is going into the show, 
I wanted to see some tattoos. I can't really say I'm let down so far. But, uh, Taboo Tuesday, or, uh, I mean, Taboo Tattoo, gets down to the facts that you need to know right from the beginning. It compacts the entire setup in the first episode and gets to the point that these tattoos are forced to be reckoned with. The first episode was solid. I can see it getting better from here on. But the main character, as you described earlier, I really liked him. His appearance seemed different from other protagonists this year in recent years. For one thing, his name stands out with it being Justice. And we all know, as of last podcast, you changed your middle name to David Justice Majors. But I kind of like that rather than being freaked out and about having a top-secret weapon slapped on his hand, he's more frustrated about losing in a fight. And he's someone who spent a long time getting stronger, confident his abilities. But, and who doesn't love a good martial artist as the main character? But yeah, as a note, I've written down that holy chesticles Batman just, yeah. But I like the name that Richard came up with. But the overall quality and delivery of this pilot is enough to make me look forward to the next week. Not unexpected, but it looks like it's going to be a darker show full of action with interesting cast of characters if you look at the OP and the ending. But what I wasn't expecting, like Richard, was the humor in this show. It brought a great mix to the show, and the goofy moments will hopefully help it not become too serious. I have a lot of praise for the fight scenes. The camera angles were fully optimized, and it looked like it was proper martial arts even. It was well studied. Overall, I liked it. I'm glad, Cody. I I am glad. Uh, And I know that I think you and I uh, see eye to eye on one character in particular. And no, we're not talking about um, Tiggle Biddy's best friend. But let's just jump into episode two of Taboo Tattoo. And it is not a trash talking Tuesday. Uh, We started off with a twist. They work for the army and they want to enlist Seiji or Seigi to use his triggerless tattoo power. And we are introduced to Izzy, a.k.a. Lieutenant Bluesy Fruzy. Which is unquestionably the greatest anime name ever. Uh, and she seems to make sure that everybody knows that Seiki, our boy, is special. Uh, except for Tiggle Bitty Best Friend until we got in a little bit of no means no territory. And that was, that was a little weird. But I liked that episode two had some, had a little bit of breaking the fourth wall with the anime high school shenanigans. Uh, we got introduced to Sergeant Tom, who seemed like an okay guy at the time. And, uh, so far, this is, this is fun. It's not a military show, as might have expected, but it's picking up. It's, it's getting right into things, and I like that. Uh, Richard, episode two, how are you feeling? Episode two, uh, it felt different from episode one, and that, that's actually a good thing. We learned a bit about Izzy, the blue-haired girl. And we find out that the tattoos do affect them more than just positive. She is, uh, as you can expect, you know, an anime girl. But she's not truly an anime girl. No gender bending here, but we learn that she joins in his in Justice's class to, you know, get him to join her. And I had some bleach vibes for this, you know, school kids and superpowers. But it turns out that she's actually not his age. She's a little older. How old? Well, at least, I'm going to guess, at least 40 or 50 because uh, 
her partner was about to reveal her age when she does what happens when that happens, and she just kicked him because why not? So she joins him because she wants an answer. And if she, if if Justice doesn't decide to join him, they will just take the tattoo by force, which would include up to uh, removing his arms. So uh, I think his choice is kind of decided already. He's basically being voluntold to uh, be all you can be and join the army and be with the other tattoo people. So uh, he has to well, join them. Well, Richard, at least he won't have to pay for student loans you know, in college afterwards. It's true. It's true. because he, he may be six feet under before that happens. But, yeah, he decides to uh, join them because, you know, his hand was forced. So he met them at a safe house. This is where things sort of pick up. And uh, But our blue-haired girl was not there. She, uh, she was elsewhere, so he was just kind of hanging out and waiting for this meeting to get underway. But while it was getting underway, we're introduced to, I guess, the villains of this series is U.S. Army versus the Kingdom, not to be confused with a uh, former failed uh, ROH stable. Now, in the process of introducing us to the villains, Big Boobs McGee, she starts following him our boy, Justice, to find out what's going on with this other girl. She accused her of being a stalker, and then she started doubting herself. If she's following him, doesn't that make her a stalker? Well, she's stalked herself by one of the kingdom people, and as they're waiting for Izzy to join the party and get the meeting underway, uh, Big Boobs McGee starts attacking the safe house. She's, she seems to be possessed, or maybe she's just really jealous, and she she wounds the partner guy. Don't know if he's dead yet, but and then she's about to t- attack her uh, her childhood friend. Obviously, she's not herself. On the other side, uh, where is Izzy this whole time? Well, she's at the school doing something, something fishy, when she's attacked herself by some sort of uh, sadistic little whip guy. Not Kurama from Yu Yu Hakusho, but just... Just as well. So she's got her hands full being attacked, and uh, our main character is about to deal with something of his own when he has to potentially fight his uh, childhood friend. One thing I will say is that what confused me a bit is the first episode, it seemed to imply that Justice doesn't need a trigger to unleash his powers, but Izzy kind of pointed out that his trigger is blood. So when he's getting... When he's getting stomped in and he's just, you know, getting beat, like any good shonen protagonist, when he's down, like the Chumbawamba song, he gets back up again. As long as he's bleeding, he can get more powers. So, Justice is in a world of hurt. Unless he hits a girl. Cody, how are you feeling about episode two of Taboo Tattoo? We are in agreement on a, a certain character. Her name is the greatest name in the world. I even want to change my name to it, Bluesy Fruzy. She brought some funny moments along with some good job bringing light into this dark world. But however, she wasn't perfect, and I could see it in the future that she's going to be adding the fan service throughout the series. First starters, Bluesy cannot age, meaning she is a woman stuck in the body of an adolescent. And we so we had this villain, a contrived sexual fantasy, which is brought to promise with the introduction of this sexual sadist working as an assassin. He even manages to lash off chunks of her clothing during the fight. 
the true irritation happened during the school scene. Uh, Bluesy comments how chesticles has amazing chesticles, followed by a gross groping scene that was essentially sexual assault. I know this is typical in anime, but it still doesn't make me hate it even less. But what I really enjoyed were actually the villains of the series. It's like a powerful and corrupt princess has staged a coup against her parents, annihilating the royal and seizing a throne. She even has a giant tiger in her control, kind of like Elijah from Walking Dead. But, or uh, Kazumi from Tekken 7. Yeah, that works too. But, yeah. And uh, she sends her two assassins to go against our bunch from the U.S. Army. But overall, the tone has been figured out for duration of the show. You're going to have some comedy... Maybe some fan service, but you're going to have well-animated fight scenes and an interesting story. Uh, the closest thing I can think of comparing it to maybe is Full Metal Panic in a way. But Taboo Tattoo shows promise. It plays with the tropes, but gives us a th- curveball every now and then. I don't love it yet like you two, but I think Episode 3 is going to be pretty great. I agree. I'm definitely giving this another episode to really win me over. I like that it is having some fun it's having a great deal of fun as a show Uh, the bad guy characters are really entertaining and the the princess ariabata she really intrigues me and for me to be intrigued by an antagonist this quickly uh i'm i'm really excited i'm excited for both of these shows that we're talking about uh richard oh how are you feeling you know i'll be honest even though Taboo Tattoo wasn't one of my picks, and if I'm being honest, going just by the Anacharge description, a basic synopsis of the show, I probably would have skipped out on it just because it seems sort of a run-of-the-mill. There's two to three shows like this every season. But strangely enough, it's actually, of the two shows we're watching, I actually think I've been enjoying it more just because... Uh, with 91 Days, I wasn't totally feeling the second episode until it brought me back in, but I've been enjoying Taboo Tattoo start to finish, so yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely uh, on board with this, but not so on board that I will, you know, start adding ink to my body. Do either of you guys have uh, your own special hand tattoos? Not hand Cody? tattoos, but I do have tattoos. I'm just, I'm just kind of bummed that they don't have special powers. Well, you haven't found your trigger yet, that's all. It's definitely not a bee sting. I, I don't want Cody getting triggered, Richard. That that makes all sorts of other things go wrong. I don't want that. No, I have to play Overwatch and just hear High Noon. That triggers me. Oh no, 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 no. See now, now you're making me worry. And then I talked about Overwatch on two nerdy black guys. I don't, I don't want to get stabbed. That's all I'm going to say, uh, guys. It's really cool that we have two shows that are that we all kind of agree seem to be pretty cool. And I'm looking forward to the next episode if it's in season. Uh, Cody, tell uh, tell our loyal listeners what you've got going on. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody underscore Anderson without the O. Mainly right now, you can catch me watching Mr. Robot talking about the current political atmosphere and landscape going on to the future. And where you can find me talk about anime or if you want to hit me up on overwatch you can do that too richard waters tell everyone out there what you've got going on you know richard waters 
for the month of August. This is going to be the most difficult. Yeah, 31 days in uh, about 10 years. Because believe it or not, for the most part, Radish Man, he's going to be off the grid. So limited well, access. Where, where are you going, my friend? There's some work training. I mean, I'll still have my cell phone, but for the most part, I won't have full range of the dark web. So, you know, for a good couple of weeks, I'm going to be not quite, uh, you know, living in Mexico, getting out of the uh, reaches of the NSA, but it's going to be close. close. Enough. It's going to be rough. Yeah. Right, so, well, uh, best of luck in your future endeavors, my friend. Are you I sure you're not trying to join a mob? No, no witness protection, and I'm definitely not going to try to tr- trade secrets with Jesse Ventura, but, are, you know. Are you joining the Great War to delete all Brother Nero's? You know, maybe maybe I should keep uh, that close to my chest for now, just in case, because, you know, I don't know where your guys' allegiance truly are, even after all these years. Fair enough. Well, until then, Young Codiferous and I will hold things down here on It's In Season. Thank you for listening. Uh, go ahead and, uh, in your podcast, reviewing aggregator of choice, go ahead and uh, give us a good review. Give us that uh, five stars, that 10 out of 10. And hey, if you want to write something, go ahead. Write whatever you want. Write whatever you feel like. But yeah, if you really want to help us out, Go ahead and give us that five stars in iTunes. That'd be really, really awesome. And you could subscribe. Search for It's In Season by name or my name, David Majors. Thank you all so much for listening to It's In Season. And we will continue talking about 91 Days and Taboo Tattoo next time.